Welcome to my podcast, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. I am Karen Joy. For over a decade, I've been doing regressions with people who want to experience a past life and sometimes their life between lives. I'm the author of several books, including the groundbreaking book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Our Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. In this unique podcast, I speak to people who have actually experienced one or more past lives. Some have also visited their life between lives, which is also known as the afterlife. Come with me now to learn what can happen in a past life regression, what a past life experience is like, how it unfolds, and how it impacts on our current lives. So today we're very lucky to have Erin with us, a beautiful yoga teacher and uh, who has her own school. And she's going to share her recent, very recent uh, experience of a past life and her regression. And so before we start, uh, I'd like just to say hello to you. Hi, Karen. Thanks. It's a complete honour to be here. I'm excited about sharing what I experienced. That's great. That's exactly what we love and that's what people would uh, love to hear about. And so I'm going to ask you first to give us a little bit about your spiritual perspective just generally and where that perhaps came from and how long you've been, let's say, spiritually oriented. Yeah, I I think it the first part of my life that it really started to grow in terms of thinking about more than just myself (laughs) was, you know, maybe about 20 when I did start to practice yoga and I got introduced to, uh, you know, it's a a practice of spirituality, essentially. Um, I started to feel into my own spirit. I started to realise that I was more than just a physical body at that point, that there was something bigger than that. And before then, I reckon, you know, up until my 20s, it was just kind of about me and Um, I was into some sports and I was always interested in growing myself, but, you know, maybe never thought about it any more than that. So, you know, there was yoga, but then at age 32, I was married and with two young children and my husband suddenly died. And looking back, that was a real poignant moment in my life of a deeper spiritual awakening um, where it really made me question life and death like I had never really done before. And that that I look back on as, as a massive spiritual awakening. And so I guess my perspective is that I you know, have a belief that there's a divine presence that moves through all of us, um, a God-like energy, but it's not separate from us. It's something that exists within all of us and it um, occurs and, and exists beyond just this lifetime as well. Yes, yes. So, well, that's a for a young person, 32 is pretty young, even though you had a couple of young children, like you were experiencing life, but then you suddenly lost your husband. So that shifted that's sort of a, a turning point I guess to some degree in your life would you say yeah massive turning point totally it was like 
everything that I felt that the world was about was pulled out from underneath me and, and I felt really unstable and I was left in that void to question life and that's what gave me a deeper spirituality, uh, spiritual perspective, I guess. Yes. And can you do you mind sharing what happened to your husband? Because people might be a little bit curious to somebody to go so early. Yeah, that's true. Well, he was... 35 at the point of his death, a beautiful Argentinian man. We'd met, you know, in this wonderful story. We were in Miami and met over there and travelled and went to Brazil and the Canary Islands and had this wonderful life. And he came back to Australia. Um, we had had two daughters, married, had two daughters. So on this day, like any other day, September 21st, 2009, International World Day of Peace, I later found out. He, we were walking through a shopping mall and just walking and talking. Our youngest daughter was only four months old and she was strapped onto his chest in one of those baby carriers. And our other daughter, who was nearly four years old, was with my parents, with her grandparents. So the three of us were walking through the shopping centre and he just unexpectedly fell to the ground. I was saying something and it was like on just one breath, he, he started falling to the ground and and seemed to reach out at the last minute, held my shoulder. I felt just this weird heavy sensation, looked around. That was actually what had, had broken his fall. So he fell on his side, not on our beautiful baby daughter. And um, paramedics were there eight minutes later. They worked on him, took him back to hospital. He was pronounced dead an hour later. And follow, that was enough of a shock, you know. Following um, <laughs> autopsy and, um, uh, you know, in-depth explorations as to his cause of death, they could never determine a medical cause of death. And genetic testing years later have still, still come up with nothing. So... This very surprise incident where you're kind of walking and talking one day with a loved one and the next minute they're just not there and for seemingly no medical reason, you know, there's a now I believe a spiritual divine reason, of, of course, but no kind of human medical physical reason, very, a very big void in space and time of of knowing what life's about and, and yet, yeah, uh, luckily, I had two young daughters who kept me moving forward, but I certainly went through some experiences after then, of course, of grief, but some post-traumatic stress and anxiety and had to work through all of that. We were very unsettling, like extremely unsettling to lose somebody who you're so happy with and so comfortable with. That's a really good word to describe it. Just, just unsettling. Yeah. Very, feeling very unsettled in life. Yeah, nothing bigger than that really, just unsettling. Yes, well then you came for a regression just very recently and, I, I mean, maybe that's played a part, but I thought that just gives us a bit of an introduction to you and what you've been through so we start to get a bit of an idea of, you know, that's a massive experience for a, for a young person. And so maybe if you could tell us a little bit about why you decided to come for a regression. How did that happen? My mum and I had been talking about it for years and we knew a few people who had been through a regression and we always thought that would be interesting. You know, we've often gone to see the same clairvoyance before and uh, so she bought it for me for my 44th birthday and um, 
you're in high demand, Karen. So I had to wait, I think, four or five months for it, but it was worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. My mum. <laughs> that was sweet of her then. So it was sort of just something that you thought would be nice to do and to explore curiosity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Curious. And, you know, I feel like this lifetime of mine that I'm that I'm currently in has had a few interesting milestones in it, like the death of my husband and like some relationships that I found really hard to resolve the end of. Uh, seems to be a life of trial and error. So I'm always fascinated as to why that is, why I've attracted these sorts of scenarios into my life in this lifetime. Always fascinated to explore that. Yes, you're, well, you've got a very open mind, a very strong curiosity, which I think is always great to have but but everybody's different of course but that's what I've been like and obviously that's why we're here talking about this maybe why people are listening too they're curious too so yes so you sought the regression you came for came for the regression and we did if I remember correctly do at least one past life or was it more do you remember yeah we went to two I went to two past lives thought it might have been two yeah, so you share whatever you want to about that and then we'll see how that relates uh, to your life a little bit later. But what happened in those regressions that you remember? Yeah, and it's fascinating because, you know, since we did the regression, Karen, the thing that has stuck out for me most was the space in between the past lives. But the two lives that I went back into I seem to go straight back into those lives when I was, you know, both I was a young girl, eight, about 18 years old, I felt. And the essence of me in those lives was someone who was, you know, quite kind of content going with the flow, blending with life. And I guess there seemed to be, well, a point, particularly in the first one where I just, that curiosity came in and I wanted to know what existed more. So the first life that I went into gosh it happened quickly too didn't it I I found myself as what I think was like an Amish girl around 18 I could tell from what I was wearing you know those white aprons that you tend to see them in my hair neatly tied back in a barn and I was in a concrete bunker like um, place a concrete sort of basement bunker type place um, but looking out a window at the vast blue sky just really curiously wondering if there's something more and what I discovered as I I felt into that lifetime was that I'd, I'd been told that I had to stay here on this farm in this field and in this bunker if I went beyond that that land into the forest it would be a very scary existence like this the forest was a very scary place but I wondered and so as we moved through that lifetime I I took the risk I couldn't couldn't hold back on the curiosity and I ran through the forest and it was really scary but as I came to the other side of the forest I found myself teetering on the edge of a cliff and so when I came into this regression session with you, I'd mentioned that I had a fear of heights and that it seemed to be getting progressively worse in this current lifetime. And so here in that lifetime, I found myself, you know, flailing like on one leg, my arms flailing over this cliff. It felt like I've been to LA and it felt like looking over the valley of the city of LA. In that moment, you had guided me 
to I think I I think he said what if you let go what happens if you let go and I let go and and just felt that complete sense of surrender of not gripping onto anything anymore not holding on so tightly and and it just felt wonderful and I I I found myself landing in an incredibly beautiful space which absolutely felt like you know I had died in that lifetime and found myself resting not on anything but just in this great sense of peace and since our regret since our session Karen I've I can't stop thinking about that space in between that feels so peaceful um and I can talk about it a bit later, but it feels very relevant to what's going on in my current life, what I'm what I'm looking for and searching for in my current life. I can't get enough of that space in between, that peace. So I discovered how much I loved resting in there after death. <laughs> yeah, okay, in a very peace, safe, peaceful, safe place. Mm, very and just that complete sense of surrender like I couldn't feel surrender you don't even need safe it's, it's beyond safe it's comfortable peaceful yeah it's assumed safe yeah you're right it's not even about that um assumed safe that's great yeah but just weightless and um oh just the, the most amazing peace and so then after that I experienced that visualization of a a baby being born and screaming and it was red in the face and red from the blood of the birth um it was kind of just that single scene flashing before my eyes we spoke about it maybe signifying a, a rebirth before my regression session I'd mentioned to you how I've found it challenging to communicate my truth in this current lifetime speaking up when I felt things haven't been right, like in relationships, finding it very hard to speak up, particularly to the masculine. Uh, And so here's this baby um, screaming the lungs out and crying and and not being afraid to speak up. Maybe that was why that appeared. Yeah, could be, couldn't it? Yeah. Could be, yeah, that it's okay to speak up. (laughs) All right. Well, a baby does, is not worried about what anyone thinks when it's screaming. <laughs> no, it is is not people pleasing or doing any of those tendencies at that age, is it? No. Um, and then I experienced an another life after that, um, where I found myself in these black lace up boots, a floral skirt, a white blouse, and like a black kind of shoestring tied up vest corset type thing um and I was in a a farm I was off to milk the cows and I found myself as this milkmaid type character (laughs) and you know you were guiding me so beautifully to realize where I was at someone passed by an old man who worked on the fields as well and you know he tipped his hat and it seemed to me like it was in a British accent Morning, Missy, he said, and um, I was very adamant, you know, my name's not Missy, it's Rebecca, just very clearly <laughs> told him told him off for calling me Missy. And so your guidance was good. That indicated, obviously, that I had some status on that 
land that I was able to talk like that to one of the workers. And it felt true that I was, you know, perhaps the daughter of the owners of that farm or or field. And um, I was very content working on that farm and field. We projected forward to when I was 70. I'd had obviously some kind of accident. I was laying in a hospital type bed in a room on that farm. I couldn't move my body. So in 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 the regression in in my current life in my current body I just I felt paralyzed I couldn't move my neck at all even if I wanted to and and so as that probably 70 year old woman Rebecca on that farm I was watching the sun coming through the window filtering through the rays the dust moving through the rays it felt so peaceful and beautiful and I just I just felt myself letting go of my life and once again found myself in that beautiful surrendering space of peace. Yeah, beautiful. Back where you really enjoy being relaxing, feeling safe and peaceful. So that was the experience of those past lives. So maybe we want to add a little bit more about how that relates to your current life then and how you felt like you died and you were in that peace again. And yeah, I can't re- I can't remember what happened next, but do, what happened after that, and how did that relate to your current life? Maybe somewhere on the line here. Yeah, oh, that's what really has stood out for me. I, I guess um, when I was in that space after I died in those lifetimes, in that peaceful space, um, and you'd encourage me just to explore if there was anywhere else to go, and so I was remaining open to seeing what would unfold next from that space. But it was like I couldn't move. I was just so comfortable there. And you said, well, maybe call on someone to, you know, invite someone to help you or take you somewhere. And so instantly I thought of my nana who in this life she passed on a few years ago, my mother's side, and she came straight away and it was my nana you know, in her prime, like I remembered her when I used to go and stay at her house and she put her arm around me and gave me a little tap on the bottom like she used to and um, took me to what now I can only describe as the land of souls. It just felt like she took me to a place where it seemed there was thousands of people. They all looked like people from Earth and uh, just felt like everyone was having a, a a big party there and asked her if my granddad was there and she took me to see granddad because he's passed on as well and he didn't say anything but just looked at me in such a loving kind way it was really beautiful like I love you you know um and I was looking for my husband who had died in this lifetime and my my nana said yeah he's here somewhere but we couldn't find him and I felt really sad that I couldn't find him and I'd asked my nana, why did he why did he die? And when she responded, she was telling me something with great certainty, but I couldn't hear a word she was saying. So I could just see her lips moving and I just couldn't hear her. And I was a bit confused and you'd got, you'd said to me, it's not that your nana's not saying something clearly. You're not wanting to hear something. Are you are you sure you're available to hear what she has to say about this? And Yes, I'm very, very ready. It's 11 to nearly 12 years on now. I'm very ready. Um, 
And so what I had to do next was share my gifts, my lessons learned from his passing. What is it that I had gotten out of, you know, his death in this lifetime? I feel like I've I've learned these gifts quite a while ago, you know, in my current life now as a yoga teacher and supporting other people to live in alignment with their, their authentic selves. I share this story of my husband dying and, um, you know, really what he has left me with his death was the gift of being feeling so alive and following my dreams and being creative and feeling inspiration and knowing that there's something greater that this lifetime is is about than just this one human life and we move through it and that's it, it's done. It's much bigger than that. And so how can we connect into that as we're here on earth as human beings? How can we, how can we um, you know, bring heaven onto earth while we're here? And so I, I was telling my nana this, these are the gifts I've received. And then all of a sudden everyone was hovering around and there was my husband as well. And they were all cheering saying, yes, you've got it. You know, this, this insight, this lesson you were meant to learn in this, this lifetime, you've, you've got it. Yes. And then that's all he, he said to me, it was more of a, this is great. And uh, one thing I did get from him was um, it's good because you can show our daughters this way of living as well. So was so did you get the the sense that that was giving you sort of part of the reason why you were here? He was helping you to appreciate life. Was that what you were getting? That that is what I was getting. That that's what I got from his death, and that's what was reaffirmed during the regression. So you'd already known that, and then you just got affirmation that yes, that was part of it it was and so part of it was for you maybe there was stuff there for him but part of it was for you and the, your daughters totally I, I I would feel rather selfish if I landed on the assumption that he died um for my benefit you know I think it's bigger than that but I guess I can only take from it how it's affected my life and the life of the loved ones that I know our daughters and, and other family members and you know, I think of his family, like his mum, who has lost a son in this lifetime. That there would, she would be receiving all maybe similar gifts, but but different. You know, I something for everyone, perhaps. It's like it's a funny way to think of it, isn't it? We don't think we think of losses not adding something to our lives, but taking away something from our lives. But we can turn it around, and that seems to be what you've done. Yeah, I think it's such a choice, isn't it? And that was another thing that came out of the regression was after experience, after seeing that visual of the baby um, being born, just that sense of, oh, wow, the whole life, there's a whole life ahead. Like this can be by design. This is about choosing um, our response in any given scenario. This is about choosing the direction. I mean, there's in conditions that we live in maybe that we can't change or um, certain people that we're surrounded by, but wow, I can, I'm totally responsible and I can choose my direction from here on in. So I loved getting that reminder, just rechecking in in my own current life is what I'm doing. Does it feel like the most inspiring, spacious, expansive, peaceful 
thing that I could be doing with my life right now. Yeah, so you're questioning and making sure that you're making the very best of everything that you've you've got. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's it. And that was really kind of everyone cheering me on in the land of soul. Yeah, that's right. Sounds like, sounds like a dream, dreamed up movie, doesn't it? But it just felt so real, so vivid. Uh, they were really cheering me on for getting that lesson. Beautiful. So the regression itself, yeah, well, you said it seemed real for you. So when you were in the past lives, how did they come to you? Like when you were the girl, were you there in the scene? Did you see yourself? Like did you feel connected? How, how did that feel for you? How did that unfold being in a past life? Yeah, so in both instances, it was like the the feeling came first. I remember before I realised I was the Amish girl that I felt there was a coldness and I, I saw barbed wire and I just felt this sense of being a little trapped. And so then when I kind of looked around and wondered where I was, it was like I was in the body of this Amish girl looking down at the clothes I was wearing. But at the same time, I was able to look over her too and kind of see where she was positioned and what the room was like as well and, and get a bit of a landscape perspective. Um, but so, and that's that's how I came into the life of the milkmaid, Rebecca, as well. I first saw like a field that was, um, descending away gradually, looked down as if I was in her body and saw the black boots and then looked up from there and then got the bigger picture of her as though I was watching over her. So you sort of had both perspectives, at, perhaps at different times, but you were getting a, a larger picture, a higher perspective and then a, a more personal perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seemed to start with the a, a broader perspective honed into so that I felt like I was them. That's the same for the 70-year-old woman paralysed in the hospital bed as well. Um, and then it was like I could stand back and watch over them. As well. So you were sort of ha having both experiences, which makes sense. I think quite a few people sort of say it's a bit like that. Okay. You get that larger perspective and you, but you're also experiencing it, mm. and you've had you felt things like the neck thing, your neck not being able to move. It was that was quite um, strong. It was really strong, and upon reflection, uh, this is my physical storehouse of tension in this lifetime. I, if if ever there's any kind of first level signs of stress, it's like things tighten up in my neck, and um, you know. Even now I'm sort of, uh, you know, doing lots of neck exercises at the moment to free up my neck. It's like this seemingly constant ongoing neck-shoulders issue um, if stress is about. And so that was fascinating because, yes, in the body of that 70-year-old woman, I, I, I just couldn't move my body, but my neck was the most um, profound area that I realised. Something had happened there to the neck, but we didn't actually get what the accident was, or did we? Did you? No. You didn't sort of fall or something, or you didn't know at all? No, I didn't know at all. Just found it. It hasn't come back to you at, at all. It still might come to you, but it was. Yeah, well, I haven't discovered it yet. 
Yeah. But good suggestion. I'll, I'll go in and explore it because I feel like I could access it again really easily. It might be worthwhile doing that just to uh, make sure that it's released and just reassuring that that part of yourself, like that soul, if you like, or that spirit, that all is well and you don't need to feel that anymore. Like sometimes we carry these wounds from previous lives and I I didn't, we didn't explore that because I didn't realise that's what where you hold all your tension. So it could be that that's bleeding in a little bit. Might be worth exploring. You're pretty good at this. I think you'll be able to do that yourself quite easily. Yeah, I'd love to. Gosh, it means being able to release stuck tension in my neck and shoulders. When people release something from a past life, usually it does help release it. Sometimes it's gone forever, but other times it can come back if you're in circumstances that might trigger it. You know, and then if you remember, okay, I don't really need to have all this tension. This comes from the past, wherever it has come from. Remembering where it came from sometimes seems just to release it. And there's some sort of situation, current situation that's triggered it. That's what seems to happen. So it's worthwhile watching out for that, even if you release it and even if it comes back, sort of thinking, oh, I don't need to have this anymore. You know, this is a past pattern of stress when I got into a stressful situation. And I mean, you didn't survive it as physically, but you survived it as a soul. Like we don't die, right? So the more we get used to that idea, the easier it is to sort of transcend the physical. Not that we want to live without being physical. You know, we want to be physical, but that nice balance between the both. It's just a nice balance, tricky balance maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying and I'll do that. I'll take that on board. I'll I'll find some space to go back and be with that 70-year-old woman and just backtrack a bit. Yeah, just find out what happened and, and uh, yeah, worship was probably her time, like whatever happened was probably her time, but we don't need to carry stuff we don't need to carry, if you know what I mean. It's not teaching us anything anymore. But maybe the lesson is that when you get tight, you got to think, okay, what am I stressing about? What do I need to let go of? Yeah, what do I need to let go of? Nice. Well, I'd come into you with the, you know, fear of heights thing going on and um, I'm really intrigued to to test that now because um, in the regression, you know, I had that real experience of fear of heights. My palms were sweating and my heart was racing and, and then you'd guided me so well to, you know, feel that in my body, but to look around and, and be brave enough to not cling on so tightly. Yeah, I remember now we'd actually used a specific experience, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, of uh, climbing the water slide at the water park where I was with my 10-year-old daughter and she was helping me up the stairs because I was in such fear about the height. And uh, so there I was, you'd guided me back through the going up the stairs and I felt that same fear, but then you guided me to look around and and I could see, you know, when you're in that grip of the, the terror of feeling like you're going to fall and, and hurt yourself, the ground seems so far away, kind of close your eyes with that feeling. It's so constrictive. And so then you it encouraged me to open my eyes and just look around and I all of a sudden could see and the grip just loosened and I could still feel in the background that feeling was there a little bit, but now I could see the canopy of the trees and that helped me then to transition back into that space in between and into that feeling of great peace um, that set me up for going into the next life. 
That's great. And and if you think what you said earlier about the rug being pulled out from underneath you when you've lost your your dear husband, that if you think of that, you know, that's like floating in air with no nothing no nothing stable, like you said, you used unstabling as the word. So it might be related to that a little bit too. And then you're on the cliff and you sort of fell off, you know, or you let yourself go and surrendering in that peaceful place. Obviously you don't want to fall off when you're up the, <laughs> the slide there. But if you sort of have that feeling of safety up there, you might find that that starts to really move. Mm. This fear of of having, you know, nothing underneath you, having nothing to to stand on. But in that nothingness, I think you're floating almost, aren't you? Yeah, it was a like a real place of nothingness, and this was what was so significant. A massive outcome of the regression for me is you know, I needed to call on my Nana to help me to move, to move from that place. I've been contemplating it since. And I feel like I could have stayed in that peaceful space of emptiness and nothingness forever. Um, But, you know, there's more, there's more work to do, you know, there's more soul work to do. Um, And so to, to do that though, to give, get me inspired and motivated to do it. I needed the help of one of my my guides, my nana. Yeah. Uh, she had to come and get me. And it's just, you know, it's really hit me in the heart. It's reminded me about having gone through the journey of a single mom and managed everything, being quite capable of doing everything by myself. I've fallen into a bit of the, I've, I've got this all by myself. I don't need any help around me. And I do forget to invite spirit guides in and and I can fall into that trap of getting stuck back just in that human world again and so to invite spirit in again and ask for help in those times when I'm a bit stuck what a great reminder it is important because as we know that they they believe in free will and so they don't come and interfere they want us to ask help because then they know that they're doing their job which is to allow us to find our way but we can ask for help so you need to ask quite often that's what I found I really believe you need to ask and trust and that's when they come in now if there's been an arrangement they're not going to let anything happen to you if there's an arrangement you know they'll come in then because they've already got your permission but sometimes when we're in life asking I find that asking helps heaps you know Mm. with anything that's going on if you ask for help usually it'll come to you with that with your ask with that trust that they'll help you so I'm just reminding everybody that it it's important to ask and yes you're right you've had to go by yourself and and you can get that very strong independence happening which is great which you needed to develop but of course we want to add in the other as well the help and the reliance on others occasionally as well it's balance isn't it you have just felt so creative since that that uh, regression and you know I'm currently developing a, a deck of guidance cards about embodying intention the right it's like the writings are coming through so much easier I've I've gotten so much inspiration from that regression that I've written down little stories from it to put into the little booklet to go with the cards and I just feel like following creative projects which at a time like this in the world I think is a good thing to be focusing on if we can stay creative 
Absolutely. And of course, you, you're creating that with a lot of love and with the objective to help others. I think you mentioned that before. And they, they look quite, what you showed me, they look very beautiful. I'm sure people will be interested in having those cards. They sound lovely. Look lovely too. Thanks, Karen. Well, I'm looking forward to your next book coming out too, <laughs> Lost Souls, Wise Souls. Thank you. <laughs> well, yes, well, we'll mention your cards when they come out on, on my blog or so that people can find them. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, so I guess we've probably covered most of it. Is there anything else there that you would like to add about the experience and and where you're headed or anything, anything at all, and anything that really surprised you or the experience, you know, and it doesn't really matter if it's in the regression or not, anything that you want to share. Yeah, it's fascinating because going into it, you know, I didn't think I had any expectations, but I guess I kind of thought the interesting the main outcome would be about discovering who I had been in past lives and what had happened but following the regression I guess what surprised me the most was just that awe of the space in between the lives and that feeling of of that felt the most significant and so that has surprised me a little bit and I keep harping on about it but uh, that feeling of peace and spaciousness and nothingness and emptiness. It's interesting in this current life, um, I seem, I've, I've landed in, you know, a role where I'm, I guess, a bit of a peace promoter as a, a yoga mindfulness and meditation teacher. And in my own personal life with, you know, ch- children and a puppy and a house and life to manage, I'm always focusing on creating more space in between everything. And I just think that's so interesting and so aligned with um, my experience with the meaningful space in between lives and that in this lifetime I'm placing so much value on space and and peace that I'd the soul of me seems to value so much. And it's just confirmed for me that, what I've chosen to do in this lifetime is in complete soul alignment. I can't imagine doing anything else, anything else that made me a very busy person, corporate job, and I've done all of this before, that would just wouldn't be in alignment with what my soul knows. Yes, yeah. What an amazing reaffirming gift the regression's been. Well, that's that's great that it has been for you and you are in alignment and it feels good, doesn't it? Just something it's quite like it when you feel you're aligned and you're fulfilling your purpose in a life. I think all all of us desire that. With the nothingness, I just want to mention that I read recently, like I reread recently, that Michael Newton said there's two sorts of nothingness. There's one where people go where they're sort of isolated from others because of the dark lives they've had. And then there's another nothingness which is very um, replenishing, more restorative and peaceful, like more what you're describing. And that's where souls who've uh, had a lot of experiences go to rest and to, to, you know, just connect, I guess, to connect and be part of that whole. So that really does sound where you've gone and you're using the word nothingness. Um, other people use other words, but expansion and being reconnected to everything and all sorts of things. But just feels probably all of us experience it a little bit dif- differently too. Yeah, that's fascinating to hear other descriptions of it. It definitely had that more restoring um, f- feel about it. Peace, 
successful and and yes, where you you're being replenished without even realizing you're being replenished. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was almost that feeling of being in a kind of cocoon, but it certainly didn't feel like trapped in anything. But just no. yeah, replenished feels true. Maybe I'd done my time in the the other nothingness. <laughs> I think you might be well past that one. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? It's been great talking to you, Erin. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Oh, just thank you so much, Karen. It was an incredible experience and uh, I just thank you for holding such an incredible space for me to experience that. Yes, and I want to wish you all the best with your cards and everything else for the future as well. So we're, and I'm sure all of our listeners will do so too. So all that lovely energy coming to you again. <laughs> Okay, so thank you so much for sharing. Thanks so much, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Please feel free to access my website, lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au for much more information about past lives and life between lives. You also might want to tune in to my Twitter and my Instagram account, and my Facebook page, Karen Joy Author. On my website, you will find case studies explored in depth in my blogs and in my books, and locate other useful information and resources. Thank you for listening.